Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you along with Rich Martini as we're talking about architecture of the afterlife and all his other works. Who are these guides that you mentioned, Rich? Well, you know, I started hearing about them in uh, Michael Newton's work. And then, like I say, when I did my first session, I met my council. I counted eight people in there. Then I started finding it in colloquial stories. For example, Dave Schultz, the Olympian who was murdered by John DuPont, at his funeral, his father got up and said, when my son was five years old, he came to me and said, Dad, can you keep a secret? And his dad said, sure, what's the secret? And he said, Dad, I went to my council, and there were these old men with beards who told me I could come here to teach a lesson in love, but I won't be here very long. Huh. Now, that's a, that was at the eulogy that Philip Schultz gave for his son. And then I started to see it in literature and, of course, all over the place. And in Architecture of the Afterlife, I discovered, and, of course, many people have you know, talked about councils or shown them or met them, but I discovered you can ask them questions. And so that's what I was doing with people because they're not under hypnosis. I'm saying, let's ask your guide to take us into your council, and then they'll describe either a place inside or outside, doesn't matter, and there's usually about anywhere from three or four to about 12 to 15 people, beings. Not all of them want to communicate, but I'll ask, can we speak to a few of you? And then I'll have them go up and talk individually to each person. And then I'll ask them, what do they look like? And do I have your permission to ask you some direct questions? And then I, then, you know, the, the, the horse is out of the barn because I start asking them questions about their journey. How many lifetimes have you had? This is the council member. Have you ever incarnated on another planet? Could you tell us what that's about? Have you ever incarnated on Earth? These are people who have different guises. They, some look old and some look you know, like people from movies. And then I ask them, what do you look like to each other? And they always describe a light. So to each other, these council members all look like energetic lights. But to us, they project an image maybe a teacher, could be somebody we knew, could be a grandfather, could be an alien, could be somebody with a lizard. I've talked to people who have had you know, lizard eyes and lizard skin, and then I'll say, okay, well, this is unusual. Have you ever incarnated on Earth? And then they might say, one guy said, I wouldn't stoop so low. Interesting. <laughs> they start talking about their realms, where they're from, and how everyone has a council. And I also discovered you can ask them, how many councils do you sit on? And they'll tell you. Or I'll ask them, what do you represent in terms of this person's emotional learning? And they'll give you a word, courage or, or compassion. And, and I'll say, well, was that, did they earn that over a lifetime? And they'll say, yeah, I'll show it to you. And then they show this person who's talking to me, right? They're, they're saying these things and saying, I'm seeing a lifetime in World War I where I gave up my life to save my fellows, and, and this is how I earned this person's participation it's a fascinating topic because once you get into this once you get into this area where I say to somebody let's talk to your council they've never seen a council they don't know what I'm talking about Dr. Drew said what's a council I said Drew it doesn't matter your guide knows what I'm talking about and the next thing you know there were 12 people in front of him including a native american with a big headdress I asked him what tribe he was with and Drew said he says humans and I happen to know that the Sioux consider themselves humanity, and everybody who's not a Sioux is not. And so I asked them, are you 
would you consider yourself Sue? He said, yes. I said, which group? He said, Nakoda. I, I asked him all these questions about stuff that Drew has never heard of, never conceived of, but was quite emotional when this chief gave him a blessing and said the kind of work that Drew is doing is healing people. And that's what, that's what I represent in his journey, is how to heal people over many lifetimes. It's a fascinating topic, and all I can say is everybody should be doing it. it I'm, not, you know, I'm just a filmmaker. I just happen to be filming people asking you know, the same questions. Have you peeked into the Akashic Records? <laughs> I have. I've peeked. You know what? How do you get to that book, you anyway? You've got to get a library card. And uh-huh. it's really hard. No, I'm kidding. Actually, uh, you might be right. <laughs> well, you got to get a picture ID. And that's the hard part because you're a light. Anyway, no, but I've spoken to librarians. Let's call it that. I actually spoke to one guy, and I kid you not, George. I. I've done these sessions so many times. I'm talking to somebody in Connecticut I've never met before. We're doing a session over Skype. She says, oh, my guide wants you to meet somebody. We go into a library, and they're talking about their Akashic records, you know, their library. And, and she says, the librarian says he knows you. And I go, oh, really? Where does he know me from? And the librarian reminds her of a conversation I had six years ago filming somebody else talking to a librarian. It was the same librarian. That's amazing. It's, it's mind-boggling. But listen, in terms of Akashic records, we, kinda, we use these Sanskrit words to describe things. Akashic just means invisible or energetic. It, they're records of all your lifetimes. And they could be in the form of books or scrolls or lights or tennis balls that are like lights or cups. doesn't matter. But you, George, you can access all of your lifetimes by going there with your librarian and saying, well, I'd like to look up who I was so many centuries ago, and how am I going to fix this area that I want to work on? And they'll show it to you, and you'll examine it. And then when you go to choose your next lifetime, you're there in front of everyone that participates, your guides, your teachers, your classmates, and, and you say, look, here's what I want to do. I want to do this kind of thing where I communicate to people on a worldwide level, and I change their lives, and I make them feel better about the journey. And they go, really? <laughs> Is that what you want to do? Hmm. But you argue it. You say, well, I used to do that. I did that in this other lifetime. You know, I was, a, I was somebody, uh, what do they call in Rome? You know, the guy who stands up and tells the local news of the day. And you say, there's a direct line, and I think I can really do this well, and I think if you could give me a shot. And that's the other part. George, which is people volunteer to come here, and they're lined up around the block to get here. So those people who say, oh, I don't want to be here anymore, I don't like it here, this is a bummer, I have to wear a mask, whatever that is, there's people lined up who want to take your spot. Yeah, so that's, they're, they're, there's, that's right, there's that line waiting. <laughs> there's that line waiting, and so it's a gift to be here. It's, I heard, that was one of the things that I heard in a dream. Somebody said, Talk about the fact you're lucky to be alive. And I, so I wrote a column about it for my blog. It's not the comment like, oh, aren't you lucky? No, it's that you're lucky because you got a chance to show your courage, the, the chance to show your compassion, to come here to help people, to heal people, to learn lessons that are difficult. You know, God knows we're going through all kinds of difficult Oh, absolutely. A couple but, times when you were on with us, Rich, we talked about the late comedian Don Rickles. That was, and you, know, you remember, I had seen him in Las Vegas and had a right. chance to say hi to him backstage, and uh, all of a sudden, you're talking to the guy after he's passed on. 
Very good. And, you know, that's what was funny about this show. So anybody who wants to tune in to watch George live, here's something unusual. It was the last time that I was on Coast to Coast, and I said to you, who do you want me to talk to? And you casually said, talk to Don Rickles. You didn't tell me why. So I went to Jennifer Schaefer, who I have a blog, a podcast we do, HackingTheAfterlife.com. We do it every week. And one of those sessions, I said, can we talk to Don Rickles? Don came through, had a message for his wife, which I found out how to get to him and to get to her, let's say. And then he also talked about you. And he said, yeah, I'm, I'm at a backstage in Vegas. Now, he says that. Now, of course, I didn't know whether you had ever met him. You just asked me to talk to him. Right. And so, knowing, knowing Rickles, he'd say, yeah, the guy with the mustache who looks like Saddam Hussein. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but people could tune in and watch you here live me tell that story of how I talked to Rickles and how he said, yes, I met George. I met him backstage in Vegas, and he remembered it. So, and the thing is, once you're off the planet, you're outside of time, all of these details, they're very, they're accessible. You know, it's like, like you and I, George, know some of the same people on the planet, but That's right. higher selves know each other. So it's like they could be talking to each other, you see? They could be having a conversation where, hey, make sure that Rich asks George or mentions this thing about whatever, or that you would say, talk to Don Rickles, you know, ask, ask, him, ask him to look me up. And those things people can do. And so I try to, and the one show that I came on with you, I asked Michael Newton, who had shown up you know, unannounced at, a, at a, an event. Or yeah, a and explain who he is to people who don't know. Well, uh, Michael Newton was a hypnotherapist. Who for he was a skeptic, and but then over thirty years he had seven thousand sessions with people saying these same things about the over and over again. Yeah, Yeah. over and over again. And by the way, Dr. Helen Wamba also did the same study, so I always reference her. But in Michael's case, I made a film about his work called Flipside, and after he passed away, he showed up unannounced, uninvited, when I was doing a session with Jennifer Shaver. And just to be quick, I said. So, Michael, help us. How do I tell people to contact their loved ones? He said, Rich, it's simple. Three things. One, say their name. Two, ask your questions. And then he said, actually, it's only two things. Just say their name and ask your questions. I said, well, how do you know if what they're saying is true? And he said, when, they, when you get an answer before you can ask the question, then you'll know you've made a connection. Meaning, you say, who was there to greet you when you crossed over? You get an image of somebody. But you start to ask the question, so who was, and then you get this image. That's their way of showing you, because they're outside of time. They can sort of anticipate what you're going to ask. That's their way of showing you that they're connected. So you got that? I used to tell people, take out a photograph, look at the picture, remember the sound of their voice, ask your questions. Don't judge the answers. Who was there to greet you? Who are you hanging out with? What are you doing? Et cetera, et cetera. And when you get an answer before, you can ask the question. You start the question, you'll hear it or see it. Then you know you've made that connection with your loved one, and they still exist. That's the simplest way to do it, isn't it? Yeah. And that's why I asked him for a one, two, three, because I was coming on your show, and this was, uh, I think, Thanksgiving, you know, maybe four or five years ago. And I said, I'm going to see George, and, and I'm sure you're going to come up. And so please, you know, give me a simple one, two, three. And that's when he said, there's only two. Just say their name and ask them questions. He was a little bit more of a curmudgeonly guy than, than me. I'm a little more verbose. I like to say, look, think about them. Remember the day the picture was taken. Pretend, because it's a game, pretend you can hold their hand. 
If you can't get a sound out of them, ask them to nod, shrug, or shake their head. Keep asking, is this you? Um, you know, are you here? Blah, blah, blah. Until you get to a good question, like, that you can't know the answer to. Who was there to greet you when you crossed over? One guy on Quora, I have fans on Quora, he said he'd try, he's a scientist, he said, I thought I'd try your technique. And mm-hmm. he said, I was shocked to hear my mother say this name, Hugh Nessel. He didn't know who that was, so he called up his sister. He said, who's Hugh Nessel? Mom said that, and she said, honey, that's your mother's uh, maternal grandfather. Wow. You never met him. He died before you were born, but they were very close. So it's new information, you see. It's not just getting an answer. It's getting new information from them, something only they could know. What if you can't contact a dearly departed? What does that mean? Well, it could mean a number of things. One, you don't sign up to know how the play ends when you buy a ticket. You know, uh, not everybody is here to know like what's going on on the flip side. They have their journey, and they may have signed up for a skeptical you know, life that doesn't uh, address any of this. I tell people, look, just allow that it's possible that something might be over there on the other side. Allow for the possibility. That apparently is, is key to opening up that door. But you just keep trying. Learn how to meditate. Meditation is key because meditation is just med means to measure in Latin. So you're just measuring thoughts and you're just thinking about what does this mean? And, and the idea of measuring or playing a game is a way of taking out the onus of, you know, talking to my loved one. Or I'm going to play a game where I'm going to pretend. And eventually you'll get to these answers. The door opens up. They'll show up in a dream. They'll say, stop listening to Rich Martini talking on the radio and work on it yourself. Do it on your own, let's say. That might be a dream you might have. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.